Welcome to Insight, the podcast where we explore the creative solutions achieved by associations navigating today's turbulent business landscapes and the people who lead them. I'm Donna Oser, President and CEO of the Michigan Society of Association Executives and host of the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Ariel Backus, CMP, CTA, and Sales Manager for Cheese Lansing, also guest co-host of Insight. Speaking of which, today's show is brought to us by Choose Lansing. When you have a big event to plan, no one understands the challenges it brings better than the services staff at Choose Lansing. From maps to custom websites to help with parking or recommendations for off-site functions, the team at Choose Lansing is here for you. To be sure, we appreciate the support of Choose Lansing. We're so excited to be holding MSAE 24, our annual conference in Lansing, on December 2nd through 4th. Hopefully we'll see all of our listeners there. There's nothing quite like working with a partner that really understands your needs and helps you accomplish your business objectives. It's pretty clear that this episode of Insight, our guest is absolutely committed to service. This month, we have the pleasure of visiting with Patty Corkery, President and Chief Executive Officer at the Michigan Credit Union League and Affiliates. Welcome, Patty, and thank you for joining us on Insight. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Patty, for joining us. So you're a Michigander, Patty. So I have to ask you, go green or go blue? Go blue all the way. <laughs> go blue. <laughs> but a good year for you then, I would say. It's been a great year, and my daughter graduated from the University of Michigan last spring, so definitely a maize and blue family. Awesome. So tell us, Patty, how did you come to serve as president and CEO of MCUO? I joined our association in 2018. Prior to that, I was an attorney in private practice representing credit unions, our, our members. But actually, I was thinking about it earlier today, and... We have a annual expo and trade show as part of the league. I was actually a vendor with my booth and my law firm for 19 years. So I've been going to the annual convention that I now am responsible for, for quite some time, for almost two decades. I've been working with credit unions since 2000. And then in 2018, a position opened up at the league as the executive vice president and COO. And I was really happy. I was a litigation attorney for almost 20 years. I was ready to take on a different challenge and I was thrilled to join the league. And then this will be year three of running the league as the president and CEO. So I found a great home here. Tell us a little bit about MCUL. How large is your staff team? We have 24 employees on our team. This is our 90th year. So we've been around for 90 years. <laughs> yeah, great team. And is your team working virtually or are they in an office? How does that work for you all? We are hybrid. So we are just a block off the Capitol in downtown Lansing. And our team, you either go in one or two days a week, depending on where you live. So our advocacy team lives in Lansing for the most part of the surrounding area. Some of our education team lives outside of Lansing. So we do a lot of Teams calls, but we are in the office once or twice a week, and we have monthly meetings in person and do activities together. So it, it's been a great fit. Pre-COVID, everybody was in the, the office pretty much five days a week, but that's evolved for so many of us. <laughs> that sounds like you've made that transition really well. 
Yeah, I think people really like it. I think sometimes I hear from people they're complaining on the commute in, ah, I could just be working this whole time. But then when they get there and connect, they're like, yeah, there is definitely something to be said for this in-person time. And so now that we're settled in and pretty used to the routine, we have anonymous surveys every year and we got great responses from our team on the hybrid structure. So I'm really pleased that it's working out for everybody. And it's awesome. I don't blame people for wanting to spend some days at home. It's it's nice to have that flexibility. We have a younger team with little kids and it's just life is so much easier when you can plug in at random times throughout the day and night. <laughs> so it works. For sure. Hopefully your your team is listening in to Insight on that commute in. <laughs> exactly. They will be on this episode for sure. <laughs> awesome. So Patty, tell us a little bit more about your membership. It sounds like it's credit unions proper, but tell us about how you serve your members and what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. So we have 193 members and those are credit unions and we have 193 credit unions in Michigan. So a hundred percent of our Michigan credit unions have affiliated, which is amazing. And if I had to say what our most important role is as an association, it is advocacy. So we um, advocate for credit unions at the state and federal level, as well as at the regulatory level as a financial credit union. Obviously, they're under regulation at the state and federal level as well. So we primarily advocate, and the really the way to sum that up is we want to pave the way for our credit unions to be able to serve their members, and that means that we can't have restrictive legislation or regulation that prevents them from doing that. So that's first and foremost. We have a big education team where we put on events. You were mentioning your annual conference in December. We have our annual conference in June up in Traverse City, and then throughout the year, we do various training and events for board members of credit unions, all the way from the frontline team members of credit unions up through executives. So a whole host of training. And then we have a big communication side. I have my podcast and we put out um, publications on a regular basis. And then we have just a lot of support in the advocacy space and compliance. Compliance is one of the biggest hurdles our credit unions have, no matter what the size. So we have a big compliance support for them. We have our Michigan Credit Union Foundation, which does amazing things throughout the state. A lot of community enrichment grants given out to credit unions that want to take on a really cool project and they need some funding. And that foundation also provides a bunch of financial literacy support for our credit unions because that's super important to them to do all of the financial literacy efforts that they do at the high school level with reality fairs and all the way down to a book program where grade schoolers are reading books that talk about finances and money and the foundation does a great job also supporting our young professional network. We have a great group over the last few years that has really gotten more and more momentum just as a reminder to our members that it can't just be executives walking around the room. We need to bring up these new folks that really want to get out and mingle and engage. So the foundation does a great job supporting them. So that's in a nutshell what we do. We go out to Washington, D.C. two or three times a year with our members and hike the hill and advocate. And we do a lot of that work at the state level as well. So from the governor all the way down, we're connecting with folks in Lansing on behalf of credit unions. So that's us in a nutshell. <laughs> Patty, you wear so many hats. You're a mom, an entrepreneur, an attorney by trade, and now a CEO. How do you manage it all? Please give me your secret. 
I shipped my kid off to Chicago last month, so she's gone now. <laughs> so that's one last thing. No, just kidding. She's off starting her own career. I just like to be busy. I'm a very social person. I like to get out and about and I thrive on events and networking with people. And so whether it's engaging with other leagues around the country that do what we do, um, I'm fortunate to be on the board for the um, American Association of Credit Union Leagues. So just hearing what everybody's doing, we have our national association, which is called America's Credit Unions. And really rolling up my sleeves and digging into the work with them. And we do a lot of joint advocacy work at the federal level with that group. It's a bunch of people that are super fun. Our industry is really fun. So they're really good people that just get up every day to serve their community and their members. And they're just on top of that, a lot of fun. It's always evolving. And as far as changing, I just, I think that I'm going to be 52 in March. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure what I want to do next. I just feel like there's so many cool things to check out and never stop learning. And I, I really thrive on all of that. Yeah, I would think once you've been a litigation attorney, you could do just about anything, really. <laughs> to me, that seems like it'd be just a yeah. difficult job. Yes, it was challenging. It was very stressful. I had some very big jury trials and crazy depositions. And it was, it's a lot for people that do it more than 20 years. It, it takes a lot out of you. I was always representing credit unions. Those were my clients. So that made it easier. Because like I said, same thing. They were very motivated. A victory for them was really a victory for their members because credit unions are owned by their members. They're not-for-profit financial cooperatives. So I felt like every time I won, it was doing good for a much broader client than just a corporation or a company. Patty, what has surprised you the most coming into lead an association? Uh, surprised me the most? I'm not really sure. That's a great question. Nothing has really surprised me. Prior to joining my role, I never was a quote-unquote lobbyist. So I never met our members of Congress or our governor on a regular basis. So emerging into the political world was definitely new for me. I had no idea how, how I would do in that space, but I, I really like it as it's the most important thing we do. It was critical that I did enjoy it and do what I needed to do in that space. So I found that a lot of fun. I'm not sure it's surprising. I think the news can twist things, right? They only like to report on the crazy extremes when it comes to politicians. And that hasn't been my experience. We're really lucky in Michigan. We have a great delegation and they're very approachable and easy to talk to about our issues. And they seem to really want to learn and understand them. So I think the media can portray politicians in, in such a negative way. And I really do believe that it is just a bunch of people that are trying to do good things. And they have a tough job. I, I think about our amazing governor, and she ran again for re-election after her crazy term with all of the things that happened to her along the way. And I asked her, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're throwing your hat in the ring again. And she just is so determined to make our state better. And, and I truly believe that's her motivation. So I think I've gotten to peel back the curtain a little bit on the other side of politics and meet these people. And I, I think that it's definitely different than what's portrayed by the media. So I guess in terms of surprise, that would probably be it. Interesting. You mentioned earlier some of the services that MCUL is able to provide to your members. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit. You've been at this role as CEO and president for about three years. 
And so coming into right. the role and now moving forward, what methods have you used to be able to listen to your members to dial into what their needs are? Yeah, during COVID, we started weekly Zoom calls with all credit union CEOs around the state were invited each week. And we would have usually about 130 people on each of those Zoom calls because they were all trying to just survive what was happening during the pandemic because credit unions were open, right? And their people had to report to work. And it was just a crazy time in that industry as it wasn't so many. So we've continued with those calls. We don't do them once a week. We do them once a month. And we still have, on average, 120 people coming in each month. I do talk to people that worked at a bank prior to joining our credit union family, and they're always surprised by how collaborative credit unions are. And so it makes our job easy. They really thrive in that environment of kind of coming together, whether it be at an event in person or by Zoom. And it's been really a fun way to get them to come together. And I think that allows us as an association to really hear and just listen. A lot of times I'll just cue up a topic. I'm not an expert on the topic, but I'll raise it because I know it's something they're dealing with, whether it be fraud or all the cybersecurity issues or what's happening at certain ATM transactions and all of the things that they deal with. And I just cue up a topic and then I sit back and I listen because I can hear how maybe a potential regulation or law change is going to really impact them. And it's just so helpful to listen. We don't always have to be the ones talking or up at the podium. I think it's our job to really engage our members and come up with creative ways for them to talk and put them on panels. I'd much rather have a fireside chat with somebody than me just up there talking and include people that are actually working in that industry. So I think that through the pandemic, we've gotten a lot better at that, doing a lot of listening. And and I think that's been helpful to our members and really digging in on the nitty gritty of what they're facing. And then whether we get an attorney and host a Zoom call to really dig into that issue, or we add it as a breakout at one of our events, or we hire an expert, we've retained attorneys to help them with certain issues when there's maybe an opinion from a regulator that we don't think is right, that not everyone gets it right all the time and we're on top of it. I really find that listening to them has been something that we've really doubled down on and our team is really good at. And it's fun to engage with them that way too. So based on all that listening, what really stands out as the big issues for credit unions today? There's a few things come to mind. They're not for profit financial cooperatives, and they have products that they charge for, right? So there's a fee attached to certain products. And somehow, some of the products that they're providing to their members that members voluntarily ask for, they're not mandatory products, they charge a fee. And those fees are uh, a certain category of those fees are getting lumped into this job fee rhetoric that's happening now. And you hear about airlines charging for XX baggage or charging you to move your seat, those types of quote unquote junk fees. Unfortunately, in the financial service space, whether you're a credit union or a bank, we're getting lumped into that. And so that's something that's really top of mind for our credit unions because they take that income and they turn it around and provide either better security for their members on their credit cards or lower rates and fees. They use that income. And so if you take it away, that means that the services that they provide to their members are going to decrease or they're going to have to start removing free checking, for example. Like now they're going to have to start charging for checking. And I don't think sometimes you you come out of the gate in public office and say, hey, I'm going to get rid of these junk fees. But you don't think about the trickle down effects of those. 
So we're having to do a lot of education with our lawmakers in that space and our regulators as well. So that's top of mind. Protecting the credit union's tax status is our number one mission because by an act of Congress, credit union structure came to be in the 1930s and they're not-for-profit financial cooperatives. And our banking friends don't like that. And as credit unions get bigger and bigger, they're on occasion trying to talk about going after their tax status. And the thing of it is, though, even if you have a really large credit union, their mission is still the same. The size doesn't change the mission, so they're still not-for-profit financial cooperatives. So that's something we have to talk about. In Michigan, we've had a big issue with the payday lenders wanting to offer Michiganders a small-dollar payday lending loan at extremely high interest rates. Right now, they're not able to do that, and so we get on the defense when they're trying to push forward legislation that would allow them to offer those loans. We have to educate our lawmakers on all of the much less expensive products that are available, and then allowing that would really cause a hardship for a lot of people that live paycheck to paycheck and just can't afford it. So those are the things that are top of mind and and things that we're talking about on a regular basis, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's no end to the things that your team has to keep an eye on, especially when it comes to digital security and that as well, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And in Michigan, if you think about the cannabis industry, we have decriminalized cannabis here in Michigan, and it's hard to bank those dollars, right? Because federally, it's still illegal. And so what happens when these cannabis businesses, and you see the billboards, there's a lot of them in Michigan, when they want to bank the money that they're making, it's a super challenge, a big challenge for them. So we've been trying to push the Safe Banking Act at the federal level that would exclude states that have legalized cannabis. And it's the majority of states at this point. So some of these laws are are really archaic and and nothing moves quickly in D.C. You see all of the craziness that can happen just with the speaker, for example. And to get something pushed through takes years. It's unfortunately, it takes years. So we just have to keep beating the drum (laughs) and bringing our credit unions to the hill and talk about how they're trying cannabis businesses and farmers and all of those folks they're part of the community that they're there to serve that's been a big challenge too it's a really big problem it's a safety issue as well yeah because it's huge amounts of cash that they're having to deal in because of the banking issue i have heard that and there's been robberies and it's just not safe for the people that work there and it's, it's just a big problem and it's been something that we've been continuing to talk about for sure Planning an event can be challenging. You need to choose the proper meeting space, the right accommodations, best dates, and keep everything within budget. The expert team of certified meeting professionals at Choose Lansing will ensure you have everything you need for a memorable event. Complimentary services range from venue and hotel referrals, custom planning and promotions, to on-site assistance. They will help you shine so you can host the best event yet. The choice is easy. Choose Lansing and plan on something greater. Learn more at lansing.org. Patty, can you talk a little bit more about the Young Professional Organization? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking that one because I love talking about them and talking about podcasts, right? I don't know about you all, but for me, it's our young professionals that are my biggest listeners (laughs) to my Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation podcast. 
they'll approach me at events and say, hey, I listen. And it's always so exciting to hear from them. But there's a group called Fuel in Michigan, and they started on their own. I don't want to take credit for forming them. Young professionals got together and realized that they needed to have a group. So we decided to support their efforts and give them a platform and give them space at our events and speak to them and all of that great stuff. But they're chugging along on their own. And I know they have well over 250 members and they usually connect to some of our bigger events. So we'll be out golfing and raising money for the Children's Miracle Network and an outing. The YPs will have their day long obsession where they have certain speakers come talk to them or issues that are important or specific to that group. We added Young Professional. We have an awards ceremony every year. Our credit unions nominate team members or board members for an award. And now we have a Young Professional of the Year that I think last year or the year before was our, we've done it for two years now. And that's a great way to shine a light on a young professional. Our foundation gives scholarships to YPs to attend events. I think at our annual convention last year, we had 25 scholarships for young professionals to attend because sometimes it's hard to get your boss to pay for it. There's a lot of people that want to go. So we really encourage that. And so it's been fun to engage with them and hear from them and talk to them at different breakouts. And it brings me back to when I was their age and had a young family and was trying to figure it all out and trying to navigate career with all of the other things that are happening. They're a great group. The future is bright and it's really good for them to network. I think one of the things we hear from them that's funny is just walking into a room and not knowing somebody. I love being asked those basic questions. What do you do when you walk into a room and know no one? And how do you approach people and start talking? And so we talk about stuff as basic as that, just to help build their confidence and give them some tips and things to conversation starters and stuff all the way through to teaching them about advocacy, why as an industry we advocate and why we do various fundraisers for our PAC. We have a state PAC and a federal PAC and explain that whole process to them. It's one of the most fun things I get to do is engage with that group. It's been a lot of fun. One of our members is the American Society of Employers, ACE, and they're actually from the Southeast Michigan. So you may be familiar with them, Patty. They just published an article, I think, last week talking about how well, there's this notion now that employers may need to offer sort of charm school because oh you know, yeah, some of the newer people coming into the workforce, it's different now with so much work virtual. It's like some of those yeah. skills and how to interact with your coworkers, how to build relationships, all that is more important than ever and not necessarily intuitive anymore. It's hard. I would not want to be starting a job in a virtual role. To me, it would just be so challenging. And you're right. And that's why we were so excited to get back to in-person events after the pandemic, because a lot of people, like you said, may not have that in their day-to-day. So the only time that they're meeting people that they can follow up with on Zoom is at some of these events. So it's It's important to have those receptions and those opportunities for them to meet and talk to people because otherwise it's hard. I don't envy people that start. Oh, my gosh, we had some new CEOs starting in Michigan right during the pandemic. And my heart just went out to them because they moved here from another state. They didn't have any network. And oh, so we really uh, rolled up our sleeves to try and connect them with people. It's just it's so important to have that support and those mentors. Yeah, your association was there for them and made a difference for sure. Patty, you mentioned that you we talked a little bit about some of the great work that your foundation is doing. You mentioned that you have a state PAC and a federal PAC. Right. So let's talk just a little bit more. MCUL is a very large association. And so tell us some more about the subsidiaries and related organizations that are within your umbrella. 
Yeah, for sure. So we have our, our trade association, which is our league. And then our league owns 100% of what we call a service corporation. So it's a for-profit entity. And we have some like rev share partnerships with groups there where we have some sales folks on our team that not only connect with our members just to keep up to date on what's happening at their credit union, but also to introduce products that might be something they could benefit from. So we get a little bit of a rev share from that. And then we have our CUSO, which is a credit union service organization, which is called CUSG, which stands for CU Solutions Group. And our trade association owns 64% of that entity. And that is a for-profit entity that's owned by our league, other credit unions in Michigan, and some other associations around the country. And the mission there is mainly to support credit unions, but they have some non-credit union businesses in the tech space. So they do marketing support, technology support, like website and hosting, and they have a big performance arm where they work with HR teams around the country to provide review platforms and compensation software, things like that. They do a lot of support for HR teams. That's a big part of what we do. I'm going to be fortunate enough to start leading that organization in July as the current CEO is gearing up to retire. So that's going to be a new endeavor for me. But yeah, so it's really the three different arms. And so we have two separate boards, one for the association, one for CUSG, and then also a small board for the 100% um, owned service corp. So a lot of moving pieces. It takes a good year for our board members to figure out what's going on, but it's not so bad once you get the hang of it. <laughs> I, bet I was impressed with the wide array of services that you all offer to credit unions. Hey. We'll, we'll include links in the show notes so folks can check out your website and yeah. take a look at some of those. Very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, we, especially in the HR space or website and hosting, it's not limited to just credit unions. We do a lot of work for all sorts of companies that yeah, everybody has HR needs and website needs for sure. <laughs> so Patty, when you were a young professional and emerging in your career, did you have any mentors and how have they impacted the role that you have today? Yeah. As far as mentors, I never had an official mentor where we had regular meetings set up. But the person who really showed me the way was my law partner, Chuck Holzman, who hired me pretty much fresh out of law school and told me how to put my appearance on the record and just trained me in so many ways. So really understanding the industry and, and how to be a lawyer was Chuck for sure. In my biggest kind of support group, I think, are my law school girlfriends. We graduated law school, gosh, 24 years ago, and we're all still very close. There's six of us, and they've all taken different careers. And so I think the, the support and the network I have from them to bounce ideas off, especially when I was litigating, has been super helpful. And now my support group's really evolved into people that have my job around the country. There's only 34 of us. And connecting with them has been super important to me. And then finally, the, the person whose job I'm taking over, Dave Adams, certainly brought me in and told me about the association world and how, how to run an association. And so he's been a tremendous help to me along the way. So those are the folks in the group that I lean on. And all of those people, I can still ask questions. I reach out to my former law partner on a regular basis to brainstorm and to talk through things. And when you find a good one and they're there for the long haul, it's it's really awesome. You, you feel like you're not really alone when you have questions. 
they need nurturing as well. So you got to take the time to cultivate and maintain those relationships, especially when life gets really busy. But those are my posse, so to speak, of people that have really helped me. That's great advice to cultivate and maintain. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard. Like with any good friend, right? You can go six months and pick up the phone and be like, okay, where do we leave off? It's the same with them, but it's it's definitely something that's a challenge for people to find. And I think sometimes you have these really formal mentor programs and, and sometimes they crash and burn because either the mentor feels they have to do it or the mentee feels they have to do it. I think to me, what I've seen is the best relationships like that are organic and you just have to keep nurturing them. But I think when you think about our YPs, our young professionals, you have to create those opportunities for them and put them in front of people that can become mentors and hopefully it'll organically happen. But both sides have to be <laughs> committed and engaged to it for sure. But it's my approach to it. That brings us full circle, Patty. So good to hear about you've got just this great work in building relationships with your members and great services that you have provided and sharing a little bit of your learning curve and association management when it comes to subtly having to become an insider on policy. So we appreciate your candor and appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you both. I really appreciate being on and hearing more what you all are up to. I know you provide a lot of support and thank you for all the good work you all do in Lansing and with associations around the state. So I appreciate you both. Congratulations on the great work you and your team are doing for credit unions and of course for Michigan citizens and communities. Oh, thank you so much. I'd also like to thank Choose Lansing for their generous support of MSAE and the production of this podcast. Thank you, Donna, and thank all of you for joining us for this episode of Insight. You can find more details about the terrific work of MCUL and Patty Corkery in the show notes located at msae.org. We hope you'll subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time.